Thank you for downloading this episode of the Nerdball Podcast. I am in my basement again on Zoom, but I would still like to shout out Fort Meg's CrossFit uh, for always uh, supporting the podcast. Um, actually, might be taking Mateo to do CrossFit, so we'll get some classes in. Uh, hopefully, I've been saying that for I feel like for forever now. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, also, uh, check out. Please check out three different dads podcast where we try to do one every week if we can uh we missed last week because uh i was not happy with our efforts uh no i feel like nobody was prepared it wasn't good kind of went off the rails this is one of those secret episodes maybe eventually they'll get put out it wasn't like terror it just didn't sound good to me you know internet wasn't working well so it's not it didn't go out but i'm hoping we can do another one uh this week we'll hopefully we'll put another one out um but continue to to share the the podcast and everywhere. Again, we got over a hundred subscribers on YouTube. It, it's it's pretty exciting. It's pretty cool. People like it. People will like it enough to subscribe, uh, even if you don't want to listen. Just subscribe. Uh, and I'm sure there's a uh, something on there that tells you to not get notifications. But I still have a subscriber, so do all that. Uh, share your favorite episode. Tag me in it and, and let me know why why it's your favorite episode. I, you know. Or if there's guests that you think there should be on uh, that I should reach out to, let me know that too. Email the nerdballpodcast at gmail.com or hit me up on any of the social medias. Uh, just search for the nerdball, the nerdball pod on Twitter and the nerdball podcast on Instagram. Uh, I also have a threads, but that's tied to Instagram anyway. I wanted to get that. To, I didn't know if people were just swooping things up, but it's all tied together, just like everything is in the world. So, so check those things out. Uh, send, me, send me some comments, send me some likes send me some subscribers any of that kind of stuff uh, my guest today it was a fantastic episode um <clears throat> excuse me we uh we talked about uh a lot of stuff i'm not gonna get into it as i've been trying not to but it is it is we got we got deep there's some addiction issues we talked about um some drugs and, and that kind of stuff so it's a great episode um, let me know what you think about it in the comments again like share subscribe to wherever you are hearing this or watching this and uh enjoy the episode hello i'm seth robinson and this is the nerd ball podcast this is the nerd ball podcast with lorenzo melcher perfect seth you you got it first take uh, no takes needed. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Uh, no, no problem. It was my pleasure. Um, we, I, I don't know. I, I think we, we've met a few times, but I definitely heard of you more than uh, we've actually met. Um, and uh, we've, I, I was looking through our messages on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, we were supposed to do this several times and we just never made it work. So uh, again, th thanks for, for coming on here. Uh, the, the, uh, the first question I always ask people is, what is something you nerd out about? So something you're super into, a hobby, uh, it could be anything. The only thing I, I suggest is that not be your job, because this question is like, hey, let's, what do you do outside of your job to kind of make you be happy, feel happy and, and want to, you know, get away from everything else? Okay. Yeah. Uh, for me, that one's easy. It's video games. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you play on? uh ps5 i've been a playstation kid since the beginning yeah well yeah, not I, the beginning beginning nintendo obviously but yeah. yeah but once once the you know xbox playstation all that stuff came out you went to playstation and never never wavered 
Never looked back. Yep. Yeah. 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 I was I was like that too. But I had all the Nintendo stuff. My, my older brother and I, and then we got PlayStation One and Two. And for whatever reason, uh, I went to an Xbox, uh, and then I had a 360 for forever. And then finally, when my son was older, I was like, "All right, we're finally getting uh, Series X or whatever." He has a Nintendo right. Switch, but uh, yeah, I've loved video games for a long time. I would talk to my dad about it. He goes, "I always think it's like I find it weird when like adults play video games, but that's how you guys grew up. That's the thing you guys did." Yeah. Yeah. What, what was? Uh, do you remember the like one of the first video games you played? uh well the original super mario brothers on nes okay yeah yeah we uh we played that quite a bit too my grandparents had an atari so we played uh we played atari quite a bit my uncle is really good at it so we would watch him play but oh nice yeah 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 Uh, interestingly we had nintendo before we had the atari 7600 oh really it's like we kind of went backwards (laughs) but yeah pitfall and dig dug and yeah long and yeah those kind of games yeah it's it's uh again it's something there was a big break because um i i remember playing when my son was born i had my son in my arms with an xbox controller and i was playing video games and then it was just a big break because you know he was a toddler and i I couldn't play video games anymore because of time and then then he got to the age where we can get him in nintendo and then we started playing video games again so okay yeah it was yeah there's a picture with my son in my arms and we're both holding PlayStation controllers and his isn't plugged in. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a, a parent, a dad thing and an older sibling thing. When you have younger siblings, like, yeah, you can play. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then they hit an age where they realize, wait a minute, this button doesn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, crap, here we go. I guess I got to plug it in now. <laughs> what, uh, what, what's about, what about PlayStation made you not want to like, is it just like, well, I, I don't, there's no reason for me to buy this other one because I really like PlayStation. Well, I don't want to say it was anything specific. Well, I guess the argument could be made why I'm arguing against Xbox for PlayStation, but yeah. I never thought it was like PlayStation was so much better. I just, the feel of an Xbox controller with my thumbs, uh-huh. you know, like one up and one down. I, oh, yeah. I couldn't do it. I couldn't okay. do it. Yeah. 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 I, I, like I said, I don't know why, why I, I think, yeah, I don't know why I switched. I don't know what happened. Maybe, uh, I think the well, the reason we got an Xbox now uh, is because those were the only ones we could find at the time because we bought it. I think we got it around COVID, and we just could not find place to anything. So then, when this came out, my friend texted me that, "Hey, they got a bunch of these. Um, they got a bunch of these at this store, or whatever. If you want to buy one, I'm like, oh, okay, cool." And that's why we went with it. So maybe it was something similar to that when I switched. I'm like, "Hey, I want to," because I do remember putting it. <laughs> put it on my first credit card and maxing it out completely because my credit card was only $500 limit. So maybe right. it was just, it was, that was a giant impulse buy. <laughs> <laughs> or like those, uh, the scalpers, they buy them all up. And then, you know, if you want to pay a thousand dollars for a PS five, like I'm good. I'll wait. Yeah. I could definitely find those. And I was not doing that. So I had a, the guy I started this podcast with Andrew, he he's, he's all into that video games, movies, that kind of music, that kind of stuff. And, so I would text him like, all right, well, him and his brother like like would were, you know, in touch with like these websites where it would show like, oh yeah, there's some here or there's some at this store, you can go online and buy this. Oh, and he yeah. would text me and, and send me all these things and stuff. So we were able to to get a pretty good deal on it just based on on Reddit is really good at that kind of I don't know if you go on Reddit or not, but they uh they do that kind of stuff too, where where they they I think the one there's a Nintendo one I'm on where 
like four years ago, I was able to get like 10 games for free. As long as you like kept downloading them, it was around Christmas. You kept downloading them. If you missed a day, then you couldn't get any more. But as oh, long wow. as you consecutive days, you got all these games for free. So it was Reddit's pretty cool for that kind of stuff. So it was like a link to a free game. So you could download it on, on the console. Yeah. So what happened, you just had to have, you had to purchase one of their previous games and mm-hmm. it was an indie developer. So they weren't super expensive, but people found out it also worked with their free games. So as long as you had one of their games on your system already, you could get these 10 other games. Oh, and, okay. and I think of the 10, there were only like three that Mateo and I played. Uh, yeah. The other ones ended up getting deleted eventually. But yeah, it was as long as you had something purchased. But like I said, I think we got like a, a coloring book game that was free. You could get all these games. The internet's very useful. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the the independent developers are are interesting because sometimes there's some hidden gems where watching the trailer or a little bit of gameplay, like, eh, but then when you get your hands on the game, it's like, wow, this is actually really good. Yeah, and it's nice because they're usually like, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks. You know, That's so e- yeah. So even if the trailer does catch your eye, you're like, well, I'm willing to. Willing to, I'll spend 15 bucks and see, right. see what this is about. I'm not out anything. If, like, how I justify it, I go to the gas station a lot and those stupid energy drinks. <laughs> so, anytime I'm at the gas station and I got our daughter with us, yeah, I'm like, I'm spending at least 15 bucks anyway. So, I'm like, yeah. I'll go to the gas station, not think twice about buying junk, right? Yeah, yep. So, why not buy a video game that I might <laughs> enjoy and get to enjoy more than just one time? Yeah. What what uh what energy drinks do you like? Because normally people have like a brand that they stay with. Yeah, I like the Monster Rehabs. I don't like the yeah. carbonation. I like the non-carbonated ones. Oh, I didn't even know they made non-carbonated ones. Yeah, anything that says rehab on it is the carbonation free. So it tastes like what is it like Gatorade? It tastes like Gatorade. It's like... more like a a juice, like a sugary. Okay. But they also sell zero sugar ones too, if you can find. Yeah, them. yeah. yeah I, I that's why I, I like rain. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll drink rain because of that. Yeah, those yeah. um. The green and red one was it melon mania or yeah, yeah yeah I was drinking those for a while yeah I like the gummy bear flavor one that's the one of the only ones I drink is the gummy bear one oh, the, the or white them. I think like white gummy bear or something like that but it's a good huh. the green can yeah it's oh, it's okay. good but yeah same thing man I'll go I just like hey I'm gonna get and I usually buy two because it's like two you save like a buck or something right. you know whatever but I'll buy two <laughs> and then I'll get like just the I like Gardettos or or you know combos or something to snack on too and. Uh, but yeah, you're right. You're like, all right, well, uh, it's twelve dollars. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> it don't take much, man. No, no. <laughs> <I> get you. <laughs> uh, what uh, what games do you play now on your on your uh, PlayStation? Um, so I kind of beat all the PS5 games that I bought with my console. So I yeah. was going back and playing some. So typically in the past, what I've done, I go to GameStop and I trade in my old console and my old games. So I get the next gen, a controller yeah. and a game for free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Far from free, but you know, <laughs> so I don't have to come out of pocket any money that day. Um, with the PS5, I didn't end up doing it that way. I just went and bought it outright and kept all my PS4 games since it's backwards compatible. Yeah. You know, PS4 was also, but for some reason it just, oh, I sold my PS4 to one of my friends mm. so his son could get it for his birthday. Got it. So I was like, well, shoot most of the cost is already covered for me anyways i might as well but yeah um 
Seven Days to Die. It's a zombie game mm. that has like PS1 graphics. But oh, really? Yeah, it's <laughs> it's interesting. But just the mechanics, and it's kind of like a survival based building zombie game. Okay, all right. Uh, do you, do you play any any online games? I'm not. No, no? I tried it for a little like back when Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two came yeah. out the first time. I was all in, man. I was yeah. on a team. We would play from 7 p.m. till 3 a.m. every single night. And we were just, we would clean up. We'd go a whole match without one death on our team. Really? Wow. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> but just now you just not into it anymore? No, because really Call of Duty was the only online game that I like to play. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not the same. There's no tactics. There's no teams. There, it's just everybody sprinting as quickly as they can. I can't. I'm, <laughs> it's not fun for me anymore. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've said it a lot on here. My, my son and I play Fortnite together. That was uh, I was into that for a minute. Were you? Yeah. yeah. It's it's fun. I like it. Um, we'll probably end up play some today, but it it's it's so different because I'll play with him and his friends, and I just sit silently playing. And because they're just you know yelling and screaming saying bro a bunch of times and right. he's 11 and and you know they're so they're just all over and then uh <laughs> and then i recently started playing with like other adults and it's uh totally different i mean i'll, oh, I'll play sure. i'll play with my friend from high school his name's matt and uh it's fun because it's uh, whenever i play with him or it's like um Yes, we're almost 40, but it feels like we're little kids again because it's just somebody you grew up with, you know. Right. I you know, I moved to Perrysburg when I was in high school or when I was a freshman and that's when I met him and and it just goes back and then and then we'll we'll start talking about our kids and stuff like, "Oh yeah, we're we're old now. <laughs> we're older." <laughs> but but it is it is fun to just like have conversations while you're playing a video game as opposed to just kids screaming and yelling, you know. Right. It, or like, it, "Hey, I'm going to this bridge, cover me," or you know, <laughs> something along those lines. Instead, bro, bro, he shot me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, definitely, that's what it is. And, and sometimes they forget about me. So like, <laughs> like they're doing this stuff. They get in the car, and then they take off. Like, guys, I'm not in the car yet. Right. <laughs> Dad, what are you doing out of the circle? Like, you guys left yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was with you guys. Remember, I'm playing too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it makes me angry about the word bro. The first time I heard it, I was a, an intern at GM through yeah. my college, doing my college internship. And this girl that was interning with me, her little sister started saying this thing. Cool story, bro. Like all sarcastic. Yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. Know? I remember that. And the first time I heard that, I was like, oh, that's amazing. But then people started saying it like what you're talking about with the kid, bro. Like they're yeah. calling people bro. And I, it drove me nuts. Yep. And then I started saying it sarcastically. <laughs> And now I'm saying it sincerely. And every time yeah. I hear it come out of my mouth, I'm like, oh, I remember growing up and I would say man all the time. Like, uh, like my mom would ask me to do something. Like, oh, come on, man. And then <laughs> right. my, my dad got mad one time. He goes, your mom is not man. Your mom is his mom. <laughs> and now I do that to my, my son. He'll say, he'll say, bro. I go, Hey, we're not your, my, my, your mom and me aren't your bros. Like we're mom <laughs> and dad. Don't call us bro. <laughs> uh, that's but it's the I'm same dude. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> But I specifically remember my dad saying, hey, don't call us man. We're your mom and dad. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, we talked about uh, your internship and and just based on your email and, and a little bit I know about you is, is did you, I know your your kid went to, was you lived out by Defiance, right? 
Yeah. Yep. Is that where you grew up to? Um, actually, like a half an hour directly south of there, in the middle of nowhere. Which three hundred and fifty people in the town. It's called Oakwood. Oakwood. Yeah, I think it's like one of four Oakwoods. It's the smallest one. Okay, I never, you know, I know a lot of towns out there, and it's funny because a couple episodes ago, uh, I had someone on from Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, but I never heard of Oakwood. My my grandparents live in Hamler and um uh, which is which is out that we would always go to defiance because that was the big city so we'd go to defiance and go to the mall yeah uh, but yeah i never heard of that oakwood okay yeah our parents would say they're going to town yeah yeah like once a week yep. or once every two weeks they would go because in oakwood there's just a convenience store and a gas station mm-hmm. which okay. the gas station is closed down but you know they charge those convenience rates so it's like your parents weren't shopping there if you didn't get something on your once a week trip you just had to do without <laughs> i know that is uh even now when i we, we for you know we need milk we gotta go to the store and it's like six dollars a gallon like, god dang. <laughs> yeah. what happened <laughs> yeah so how how'd you like like how was it growing up out there because i'm assuming you still had your friends but it's a small town and there's just not a lot happening yeah so i remember the first time i met my friend that i still talk to today most of them it, it's kind of a tragic story um but anyways the one that I'm still in contact with, I went over to his house and his parents had, they weren't hoarders because it was all good, usable things that yeah. eventually got used. They were like, they would buy in bulk and that type of thing. So I opened the porch door and there's just crap everywhere. And there's a little alley up to the door. So I'm like already freaked out being in this weird porch. And I knock on the door and his dad was a, a sheriff and the, the town cop. And he opens the door without a shirt on, with his gun belt on, half bald. What do you want? <laughs> like froze up. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. And then I had um, <laughs> two other pretty good friends that we met in that town, but just normal, what we call hillbilly redneck stuff. Yeah. Driving trucks around in the fields, doing four wheelers, shooting guns, blowing stuff up. <laughs> blowing stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> I would always take, I lived in Toledo in the city, but I would take uh, the extent of me blowing stuff up, I would take black hats and put them like in the bark of a tree and then just to see the bark fly off. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> but I, I never, uh, never got too into that stuff. Like I said, I, I lived in the city, so. Right. No, pretty much everything we did would have got us arrested immediately. Yeah, fun, right? And everyone came back with all their all their fingers. Surprisingly enough, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, I guess I, I I guess I shouldn't be I shouldn't uh, assume people came back with all their appendages. Right? No, we got lucky. Yeah, it definitely That's could good. have been worse. <laughs> There's always those times where something really bad happens, and you're like, it scares you enough to be like, all right, we're never doing that again. But then, in about six months, you find yourself doing that thing again. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did, did you play you played uh, any sports and stuff growing up? Yeah, so we played hockey that wasn't like through anything. It was kind of self-organized. We had a bunch of people from Brian and Defiance, my dad and um, his friends introduced us all to it. And then as the kids, as we've gotten to high school and was driving and stuff, we kind of kept it going. But we went to some tournaments. It was mostly roller hockey. Okay. We played some pickup ice hockey. And then I ran track and played football. All right. What'd you do in track? The 300 meter hurdles and shot and disc. So I was the only person who really? threw and ran. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I, I threw in high school too. I didn't come across 
too many uh, throwers slash um, runners there. And if I did, there were usually the girls that did that. Oh, like, okay. I had, there was a friend of mine, I believe, I believe through disc and then ran too. But for the most part, yeah, that didn't happen. I, I ran a 100 one time or a couple times. I was like in one of the last heats, but other than that, like, no, that that's crazy, man. Why uh, did, did you, did you, the hurdles just don't seem fun to me, especially 300. Like yeah. I imagine the 110. Okay. But 300. Yeah, it was, it was intense, but surprisingly enough, I was the second fastest hurdler. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, well, I was built, I don't know, like I was carried a lot of muscle but I wasn't like a big guy. Okay. Okay. Like, you know, five ten, but I was 220 pounds with Got like it. a 32 inch waist. So it would just, yeah. It's a solid, solid bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, football. I'm assuming you, you played line or linebacker then too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I ended up, I was guard freshman and sophomore year mm-hmm. and then became center for junior and senior year. And I'm the smallest guy on the line, like yeah. 220. And I, I'm looking at these giant dudes, like 6'3", 350 pounds. And I'm just standing there like a little kid beside them. But <laughs> my coach had a lot of foresight since, you know, when you're snapping the ball, your neck is kind of, and you got to be ready for that. So yeah. he, there was this machine that was shaped like a Z. So there's okay. a head pad here and the weights go down here. So you put it up against your head and lift the weights while you push into it. Oh, okay. And like my traps, I was told people called me no neck. Nobody said it to my face. <laughs> so you know, most, most people, most people with a nickname, no neck, don't get it told to their face. I would right. <laughs> Where, and, and where'd you go to high school? Did you go to Defiant? Uh, Paulding. Oh, Paulding. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, well, I actually went to a vocational school in Van Wert my yep. junior and senior year. Okay. What was yep. the name of that school? Vantage. Vantage? Vantage Vocational. I took okay. desktop publishing, so I got to play on a computer all day. It was pretty sweet. Desktop publishing? Yeah. And what to, what to, does anything from the, from those days doing desktop publishing advantage, has that led into anything now? No. <laughs> which there's times that i wish i would have pursued it because i really enjoyed it but now they um it's like computer design not like cad but like uh graphic design okay okay stuff. yeah yeah <laughs> but, you were quick to answer nah I, <laughs> so it's my time so my senior project though so the school to like pimp people out at the other because they did it was all the surrounding high schools they tried to recruit kids to come yeah there. So they had these little pamphlets like this. I don't know. It was slightly larger than an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper, but it it quad folded down into like a neat little pamphlet. Mm -hmm. So for my senior project, I got to design all of those, all of the classes. So I got to go around to all the different classes and take pictures and put the words together and do the format and print them out. And it's like the whole project was making a physical thing to give out to other schools at the end of the year. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh, so all your knowledge went into making these little pamphlets that you knew people at the very most uh, took them, maybe not read all of them, but crumple you know. up and throw in the trash. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, there's this joke. I always forget. I think I forget who said it. I think it's Mitch Hedberg where he's like, whenever people hand me a pamphlet, I picture them saying, here, you throw this away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what's happening. 
<laughs> you look Bradford, like you could use some more trash here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you you did you you played sports all four years, right? Those yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. So did you? Um, was there ever any thought of like you know I want to I want to continue? I know you're only five ten, but continue to do sports in like college, but no yeah and to be honest with you i don't even know why i played sports to be i think it was oh, just really? something to pass the time some sort okay, of okay. camaraderie thing or yeah. yeah i i love track track i mean i played i played three sports uh i played football i played basketball for uh cyo and then i played i did track too and track was my favorite thing i i did in high school it was especially being a thrower you just go throw and then you hang out for six hours and at invitational so you just hang out and hold blocks you know if you know what i mean and hang out you know so they never had us do that interestingly but no that makes a lot of sense that you would have the the heavier guys hold the blocks well i would only hold it uh i wouldn't hold it for the boys races just the girls races (laughs) so as (laughs) as a boy in high school (laughs) hey lorenzo can you hold my blocks definitely (laughs) Going around, hey, you need someone to hold your blocks? You need someone to hold your blocks? And then you can't. Yeah. <laughs> just start. Lorenzo, that's the other school. I'm just making, just seeing if they need. No, I was going to let them slip. I was going to let the blocks slip. <laughs> I wasn't really going to hold them that good. You know? <laughs> but as a, as a, you know, 17, 18 year old kid, that's just Natural. what you do. Yeah, Natural, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so after, um, after high school, what's uh like? Do you know what you want to do when you're in high school? Most kids don't. I think. I think some kids, a lot of kids, fake it. But do you know, like? Well, you know, I was living fast and loose. Uh, I don't know how much detail you want me to get in, but a lot of uh, things that I'm not proud of. A lot of things my parents certainly wouldn't be proud of. I mean, that's that's all. Uh, we've we talked about all kinds of stuff on this podcast, I and mean, we talked about my my brother who died of an overdose. My mom was on here talked about, you know, she was drinking. So I mean, that's up to you. Like. I'm more okay. than willing to listen to anything you have to say. I, I think, you know, like I said, I, that's what this podcast is for. We're here for an hour. So whatever you want to get into is, is up to you and I'm, I'm here for it. So, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess I could rewind a little bit. So sure. what kind of put me down that path was my mom died when I was 12. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So she had medical issues. She had seizures and stuff. And then I was told she ended up passing in her sleep. Like she choked on her saliva. Oh, shit. Right. And at 12, that's a tough time. So it's like yeah. you know, you're dealing with all the hormone angst and all that stuff. And then you add that on top. Mm-hmm. And uh, I live with my stepmom and my dad. And my dad wasn't he wasn't in the military or anything, but his dad was. So my grandpa served in the army mm-hmm. and he was one of those 1950s man's man's dad, dad. You know what yeah. I mean? So like he worked at a cement plant. And he would stack 75 pound bags of concrete by hand all day. He would fill up the rail cars by hand, just stacking these bags all day. So you can imagine when my dad got in trouble, (laughs) the kind of ass whipping that was coming, right? Yeah, yeah. So my dad, I knew he loved me, but we never really expressed it. Like I didn't feel love. Yeah. I know I was loved, but I didn't feel love. So I always had food, always had clothes, always, you know, no matter what happened, I was always welcome at home, mm-hmm. but just like, oh, you'll get over it. No matter what my problem, yeah. oh, you'll get over it. You'll get better. Yeah. Like, it, it's weird how intellectually knowing something doesn't change the way you feel about it. If there's, if I learned, and even now to this day, like my parents, um, 
my parents always told us they love us. And like, as a kid, you're just like, all right, whatever, you know, bye. Right. But then as I got older, I realized when I hang up the phone, even in high school, even now, when I hang up the phone, I always tell my, all right, love you. Bye. Right. And like, I don't have a lot of friends that do that. They just say, okay, goodbye. Like it's, it's a, it's a weird thing, but that it, it does. You're right though. Because for me, it was so ingrained as a kid. You're like, don't even hear it. And even now you just say it because you're used to saying it. Mm-hmm. But, but if you don't, if you don't have it, like you said, you, you knew you were loved, but you just never felt it or heard it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the loss of my mom could just kind of compiled on top of that. Um, was she, was she one that you did feel that from? Like, was she? Yeah. But our, her situation, since she couldn't work because of her health issues, yeah. like it was really low income. Like my, okay. my dad and his wife weren't, rich by any stretch of the imagination but compared to what the situation going on at my mom's like i remember she had custody of us for a while and we would put bologna in the microwave until it turned into leather just so we could have something different to eat oh wow yeah like no running water at one point i remember everybody going to the bathroom in a bucket and it was my job to take it out in the field and dump it damn how how many were you how many siblings do you have just one at okay well, at that time my mom had another little girl like three years before she passed two okay. or three years yeah okay no wow yeah that's that's uh i mean just leaving out not not to say your mom passing is nothing but just leaving out your mom like even if your mom did not pass away like the how you were living there and then you know the age you're going through and then like you said throwing throwing your mom passing away like that is a lot to deal with for a 12 year old yeah and, and your parents was, are split up you know yeah and yeah. no outlet like no one to talk yeah. to no therapy like nothing you, you know, kids little kids don't care they yeah. funny. they don't care like i remember because i was picked on and i had a bully i remember coming back from being off the school for mom dying and it went right back to normal like nobody wow. cared oh yeah, yeah. I, you would I mean, kids are kids, man. Like they, they, they are, they are rude. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I mean, you would have, you would hope you have the one friend or two that understands what's going on, but even then they're kids and they're not going to like, Hey Seth, how you doing? You know, they're right. 12. So they can um, only do so much like, Oh man, that sucks. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the bullying was another thing. Um, for one of my classes in college, I, got up in front of a group of people and talked about it because they were doing some sort of bully awareness type thing or whatever. And I shared my story, but yeah, pretty much every day for three years, like there was times where my foot wouldn't even touch the ground getting off the bus and I would get punched in the face. Oh my gosh. And nobody like the, the bus driver saw it ever. Yeah. Like nobody did anything about it. Yeah. And even my parents, I would come home and dude would rip the hood off of my jacket and I would get in trouble for tearing up my jacket. You're like, like it's not me i don't want to right. tear my jacket up yeah yeah just like so ah uh, so i don't want to say naturally because there's other ways to deal with this type of stuff but as a child the easiest way for me to deal with this stuff is to escape yeah so it started with huffing huffing gasoline huffing okay. lighter fluid and i mean just we called it eyeball mode where your body no longer existed like i could hold my well not sure if i was moving my arms but in my brain i would be like lift your arm up in front of your face and i couldn't see anything like i looked down at my body not there wow 
eyeball mode. Like it, it, it was crazy. Like, and I never even thought about how close to dying I was because uh-huh. how that works, it's petroleum based, right? So it soaks into your system and coats your lungs, coats your brain. It basically, you're slowly suffocating to death. Mm-hmm. Like if you do any research on suffocation, like drowning and being in a fire and that kind of stuff, the same hallucination, same. So yeah, you're basically suffocating yourself to death really mm-hmm. slowly. And how, how'd loved, you find, how'd you find that? You lo- did you say you loved it. Yeah. Yeah. How, like how'd the you only time I was happy? Yeah. Yeah. It, was it, was there a, another friend or someone that introduced you to that? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how it started. Okay. I mean, I definitely had a friend that I did it with. Yeah. Like we would go in the woods and make a fort and we would just be out there for hours, like all day. Yeah. And then yeah. we'd meander back at home sometime around dark. And yeah. Wow. That's, that's great. I mean, I, I, it's crazy to me. Uh, not too crazy. Cause I had an older brother who, you know, did all that kind of stuff since he was 12, 13 years old. Uh, and then ultimately that's how he died, you know, but, uh, it's like i never entertained any of that stuff maybe it's because i did have an older brother and i would see like subconsciously you know understand like my brain is like no you're not getting near that and and don't get me wrong i smoked i smoked pot every once in a while i drank you know when i was younger and that's just you know but i just i know i never i never got into that but you know a lot of it like it's trauma right trauma yeah. trauma based stuff and and that's what when people do get clean that's what you have to figure out it's like okay why is this happening and then go through work through that way yeah but, it, uh, it's know. crazy because the trauma the, the pain is less but the trauma is still there mm-hmm. so it's easy to be like okay i'm I, i'm better i'm not as bad as i was i'm good yeah but no the trauma is still there and if you don't work through it you it, things can trigger it and you yeah. instantly slide right back into how you were yeah so, and then, you know, the whole addiction piece that never goes away either. Right. So mm-hmm. every day it's a struggle mm-hmm. on, you know, the easy way out. If you want to say it that way, I don't mean to be demeaning for anybody who's dealing with addiction. I feel bad. No, no, I, that, and, you're, you're right. Cause when I talk to my mom about it, like there's times my mom's been sober for a long time, but there's times, I mean, even now my sister and dad, they all live in the same house and my mom, you know, asks that they keep the, all the alcohol in the basement. You know, even though like she would never like like I said, it's been a long time where she hasn't drank, but it's still there. Like you said, yes. it, it it doesn't go away. And and everyone, I think a lot of people are addicted to things. My grandma was, uh, she never did drugs or alcohol, but she loved gambling. You know, uh-huh. that was something she That's always, she always went. Yeah, she always went to Vegas and everything with my grandpa. And you know, they they loved her there because they comped her room all the time. <laughs> so you know, there is a lot of stuff, and and I don't think it's uh bad to say like the easy way out you know it's just it's just a way out it's just how people deal with stuff and and some people it takes longer to realize that that hey this isn't what we should be i should be doing right now yeah and when i said the only time i was happy talking about huffing i guess more specifically the only time i wasn't crippled by the pain yeah it's not that i was happy i just wasn't thinking about the pain Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right so you know that evolved into being a high schooler kid, starting a job, having actual money, yeah. running in, meeting people that, you know, live that type of life, started, you know, selling and doing drugs and, you know, living real fast and loose, driving around sure. with a pistol and thousands of dollars and just like total craziness. And thank did, God did, I got did, my girlfriend pregnant. 
Oh, okay. No, no one did. <laughs> I don't think anyone said that. <laughs> right. I was just, I was just gonna say because for me, sports in high school, like we drank a little bit in high school, but but I never did it during a season. Like it, oh, it's okay. like, hey, I don't. I I'm strong enough to be like, if something happens, I'm not gonna be able to play the sport. And right. you know, but did th- 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 that didn't factor in for you? No, like I said, I don't even know why I was playing. I didn't want to. I don't. I don't want to say I didn't want to play, but yeah, I don't even know why. Uh, excuse me, but yeah, I was working four hours after school every yeah. single day. Well, Monday through Friday, I was playing the sports. I was, you know, had a social like I was just constantly moving, constantly going, and lots of people, especially the people who were in the the bad part of the life, like the yeah. using and dealing life. Like, how do you do it, man? How do you do it? I'm like, well, I. I, I felt like I didn't have a choice. Like mm. I'm on this team. I have to do that. Right. I have a job. I have to go to work because that's how everything starts. I need money to be able to do what I'm doing and enjoy the lifestyle that I have. So, yeah, yeah. right. Like Which, my parents had to have known because stereo equipment was my big thing. There was a, in Van Wert, there was a car audio shop. Mm. I, I don't know how many thousands and thousands of dollars I spent there. Like I would blow up speakers no problem. Go buy more. Get another <laughs> amp. Hey, we got this new amp in. You want to try it? I mean, just like thousands and thousands of dollars. And I don't know. I was in my early 20s. I had moved back to Van or Well, not back to Van Wert, but to Van Wert for the first time. Yeah. I was young and married. I got married to the girl. I got pregnant. And I went to the car audio shop and the owner was there with his Dodge Viper. And I was like, oh, man, that's awesome. I was like, how about you let me drive it? He's like, uh, how about no? <laughs> and I was like, come on, man. I probably paid for like a quarter of that thing. And he was like, mm-hmm. you're right by the, he's like, I'll let you sit in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you, you carry a, a pistol around. Was there a, was there a time? Like, was it that scary for you? Or, or, or you're just like, ah, I think another thing, like I got money. I'll spend it just, just in case. So towards the end it got pretty hairy and I'm glad that didn't last long because mostly uh, around where we were from, it was pills, a little bit of meth. That was it. Occasionally somebody would have some Coke, but it wasn't like a steady thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, towards the end, somebody moved up from Columbus and we got cool. And he's like, Hey, I know a guy. So he introduced us. And then that's when things got real serious real quick. And then, you know, we were, rocking it up and going to Lima. And then that's when it was like, okay, maybe we should probably think about protecting ourselves. So mm. that's, that's where the pistol came in was when we were going to Lima. Cause that, that was bad. You you know, what's crazy to me is my initial thought was like, when you're like, and then we went to Lima and then we thought in my head, I was like, to not do it anymore. And you're like, nah, we need just something different. We got to continue to do this. We just need to protect ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because we were we were invincible man full of testosterone and you know those kind of a type people like me and my buddy shorty like we were inseparable like if we weren't together we were thinking about when we were going to get together okay yeah so how so when so you said it kind of ended when you got your girlfriend pregnant well how old were you then i was 18 so he was born when I was 19. So I got her pregnant when I was 18. She was 17, a year younger than me. Okay. Right. So being in that life, I had seen people use in front of their kids, 
yeah. deal in front of their kids, just leave the crap out on the table where the kid can pick it up. Like I did not want to be one of those parents. And then, you know, what I saw with my mom being extremely low income below the mm-hmm. poverty line, like that's kind of where drugs take you. Like you yeah. have to be doing really good to be that into the life and not be below the poverty line. Right. So, that and and they make movies about those kind of people. And I don't know, I don't know where you're getting, I don't think you're getting there, but right. No. So <laughs> like, yeah, I just, I, I didn't want that for my son. Yeah. I, do I want to say, well, I mean, <laughs> say so, what you want, man. You can do right, whatever. Through the lens, through the lens of an 18 year old kid. Yeah. I said, no, I don't want it. Get rid of it. Don't do so, it. Oh, yeah. A hundred. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, I can't. I can't. Like, this is well, the, the life. Yes. The life you're in, the last thing you need is a child right now. Right. And, and I think, you know, you prefaced it right. You, and, you know, as an 18 year old, that's that's where your mind was. And I think it's fair to say that, you know, maybe now you wouldn't say that. But and obviously you hesitated because, you know, like, hey, this is not what I would have wanted. And you know, and, and I'm not going to speak for you. I don't want to speak for you, but I'm sure, uh, your, your girlfriend at the time was, uh, that you're super excited that that decision was not made. Right. <laughs> Otherwise you wouldn't be where you're at right now. Well, and, and she got it the worst. She was on scholarships. She had a trajectory towards her mm-hmm. life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mine was aimless. I was filling it with bad stuff. Her, she had a chance to go somewhere, right? So she had to been a million times more conflicted about it than I was. But no, it, he literally saved my life. I'd either yeah. be dead or still in prison. Yeah. Maybe both. Like, yeah. yeah. So no, it was the best thing ever. And I, I made sure that I treated him like all the stuff that I didn't appreciate how my parents raised me. I made sure that I didn't do that with him. Yeah. I made sure I squeezed him and hugged him and told him I loved him every chance I got every second of the day. And when I was with him, I was a hundred percent present. He was, he was it. He was my world. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you are a dad now, uh, what, and you're, you're getting out of that lifestyle you're leaving. What, what do you decide to do? Because you're like, all right, when I, I need a job, I need to do things. And like, what, what is it? Where'd you go from there? So kind of karma, really, like, I'm not superstitious. I'm not religious. I don't believe, but it's interesting how the older I get, the more I start to feel like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Cause if you would have told me that when I was even in 24, I'm like, yeah, shove it up your ass. Right. Like I don't yeah. believe in it. Right. But looking back, it's yeah, I think so. Anyway, saying all that to say my buddy Shorty told me, he was like, Hey man, I went to the Marine Corps recruiter the other day. Like, oh, you fucking stupid. He's like, no, man, it was pretty cool. Like they got, cause he went to Vantage also. Okay. And he was in the welding program. So he was already a certified welder. Hmm. So he was like, yeah, man, I can go weld on these tanks and sit in the motor pool and do all this. And that." he's like, it'll be awesome. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, let me know how that works out for you. <laughs> <laughs> cause you know, he didn't have any kids. He didn't have any ties. He was going to, he was going to get out and save himself. Right. Like we were all super excited. Like, hell yeah, man, go do your thing. Yeah. So I'm laying there cuddled up with my pregnant girlfriend and the phone rings and I'm like, hello. He's like, is this Aaron? Which is my stepbrother's name. I'm like, no, he's not here. Oh, well, who is this? What? What do you want? Well, how old are you? <laughs> like, what oh do you God. want? Yeah. He's like, this is uh, Staff Sergeant so and so. 
And I'm like, oh, you know, it's funny you say that because my buddy was just talking about, he's like, yeah, you guys should come down together, man. It'll be awesome. He's like, we got a program where you guys can go in together, the buddy program. It'll be great, man. It, nothing else. Come down, talk to us, man. So we talked about it. And then, you know, we were in the, in the Marine Corps recruiter office and he was feeding us a bunch of lies. <laughs> you know, I, uh, as much as I know, there's a lot of people that, you know, are glad they went in the military and, and there are a lot of things like that, but it does seem like it starts like, Hey, we're going to get you in. However we get you in. I think, I think my uncle was in the army and I want to say he was, he fixed, fixed helicopters or, you know, some sort of big, you know, airplanes or something like that. And, you know, but I was a little bit thinking about it. And my dad I was talking to my dad. He was make sure if you're going to go, make sure they give you like, give you something you can do a job you can do after you're done. Right. Goes, Cause they're going to just put you where they need people. And it, and it might only be military stuff. And then you get out and you have no skill. Well, where they need people is bullet catchers. I mean, I'm sorry, infantry. Oh God. Damn. Jeez. That's where they always need people. <laughs> So I don't, uh, I mean, you can continue your story, but I, I kind of see where it's going, but go keep going. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, so, so you're in a recruiting that. office. Yeah. Yeah. We, they make you do like, so MEPS, the military entry processing station, they make you do like a quick little physical thing to make sure you're not completely inept, but they have waivers for everything. So if you can't make something, it's like an exemption, right? So they sign a waiver and you don't have to do it. Cause we had people in our platoon that were very, very heavy and couldn't hardly run at all. But okay. from doing the two sports and playing hockey, I will, the physical stuff wasn't anything for me. It was yeah. the stuff. So anyways, we're in the recruiter's office and we got to do these sit-ups and push-ups and run and all this stuff. And I learned a valuable lesson that day. Cause a hundred crunches. So, like, there's no way I can do a hundred crunches. So like I was pacing myself, trying to thinking maybe, and they were like, nope, you got to go faster. And then like, thank goodness the recruiter had me do it then. Cause I would have failed at MEPS, but you just got to do it as fast as you can before your, your muscle glycogen runs out and you get all the, the acid buildup. So yeah. 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 So that, that was able to get me in the door. So we had to go to Troy, Michigan, I believe it's a suburb of Detroit. Yep. That's where MEPS was at. So we drove up there a couple times. Um, last time we went up, we did all the paperwork, got to pass the physical, pass the drug screen, all this stuff, right? So our recruiter bought us these like $90, and this was back 2001, $90 meant more than it does today, but yeah. a $90 drug pass thing so it was like you drink this you wait two hours you drink another thing you open up a packet of pills you eat that i mean it was like this whole elaborate thing to clean out your piss right oh okay right because we were straight up with him like hey man i don't this is what we got going on he's like, oh, i got you i got you <laughs> so we did all that the night before and the whole time i'm like well this might not go through like the test might come back and you know they might kick me out before i even get started but it worked and we got in. So now this was 2003. Okay. So it was, I graduated in August. Boot camp was three months and a week. So 13 weeks. So whatever back, it was the spring of 03, right? Okay. So I come home, my dad's sitting there watching TV. 
He's like, hey, man, where you been? I was like, oh, Detroit. Detroit, what are you doing in Detroit? I said, well, I joined the Marine Corps. I leave tomorrow. And he just shook his head and muttered under his breath, dumbass. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right, cool. Nice talk. But I, I think what drove the, that comment, he was watching the shock and awe campaign where they bombed the shit out of either Fallujah or Baghdad. Okay. He was watching it on TV live. Yeah. As his only son comes home and tells him this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then that's, that's what my uh, girlfriend at the time, future ex-wife, you're joining the military in the middle of a fucking war. Yeah. I mean, that is a wild time to join. Right. But I mean, unless you, unless you super, super love America. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Which a lot of people did. And I have yeah, very yeah. much respect for those people. Sure. Yep, um, yep. But looking back, the war lasted 20 years. Like mm-hmm. so many people could have been said you joined in the middle of a war. That You're right. You're right. Yeah. Was open in a can for that's a whole nother discussion. But yeah. Yeah. So. He lied. The recruiter lied to me about pretty much everything. The timeline, like what they were going to have you do, pretty much everything. The only thing that was locked in that was actually true was my MOS, uh, my job, military occupational specialty. So I was a cook and I decided to do a cook because if I had to go fight in the war, I didn't want to be a bullet catcher. So I had this son. I'm doing all of this for him, right? Like mm-hmm. at this point, I'm not doing anything for me. It's for him because I want to be a good father and I want him to grow up with a life better than what I had. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also part of that decision, I joined the reserves instead of going active duty. So my buddy Shorty went active duty, I went reserves. We did go to boot camp together on the buddy program. But what they don't tell you <laughs> is when you first get there, well, maybe not when you first get there. I'm not sure if you've seen any videos, but they make you get off the bus and stand on the yellow footprints yeah. and they're screaming at you. And like yep. it started before we even got there. Like they had, I don't know if they were recruiters or just active duty Marine Corps guys in the airport. So when we show up to get on the plane, they're already on your ass. And we had to sit in this like classroom for a couple hours while we were waiting for our flight. Yeah. And it was just, it was intense from the start, man. Wow. But at some point at the very beginning, they were like, okay, who's all on the buddy program? Go stand with your buddy. So we did that. And we're standing there like, okay, you go to this platoon, you go to that platoon. So they instantly split us up. All right. Which no. again, hindsight being 2020, yeah. like it would have made it so much easier if I was doing this cool, awesome bro man thing with my bro, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was mostly sarcastic when I used that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, because physically, wow. I was kind of disappointed. Like, you know, the few, the proud, the Marines, like, oh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to get my ass kicked. It's going to be. No, man. It was like, as far as like the obstacle courses and the fighting and all the stuff you think about when you're in the military, mm-hmm. that was, I don't want to say it was chill, but like compared to what I was wanting and what I was prepared for. Yeah. It wasn't as much as I, what really got you is all the push-ups and crunches and mountain climbers. And, you know, I told you I was 220 pounds, right? Yeah. Yeah. At 510, my body mass index was off the charts. They were like, dude, you're way too fat. You have to go. We called it the pork chop platoon. Pork so, chop platoon. <laughs> so, so guys who, um, body fat percentage is too, is too high or their yeah. BMI. 
for like a typical person, a BMI is a poor measure of your body. Very, yes. Right. Yes. Right. But for someone like me, it was an extremely poor measure <laughs> of my body composition. So luckily my recruiter got a waiver for me where they, they gauged my body, body fat percentage. Okay. So based off of that, I got a waiver to where I didn't have to go to the pork chop platoon. Mm. But saying that because I was eating like 3000 calories a day, like a giant 60 count pizza roll bag, like yeah. for a whole family, yeah. one of those for one meal. <laughs> like I was killing the calories. So that was really hard too. only eating three times a day and yeah. only eating what was put on your plate. No seconds like that. That was the hardest part. Well, not the hardest part. The hardest part was the mental thing, knowing my pregnant girlfriend was waiting at home for me. Yeah. My unborn son, who I needed to be there for. So why we were in the recruiting station, I talked about him lying a bunch. The main thing that makes me feel like he was a liar. He didn't tell me there's a processing week, an entire week when you get there before you get picked up by a platoon and start your training. So we got the calendar out. Okay, she's this many weeks pregnant now. Oh. The baby's going to be born here, right? We did all of that on the calendar, right? So after boot camp, before um, your Marine combat training, well, if you're not an infantryman, you go to Marine combat training, which is like, because every Marine's a rifleman, right? So you got to right. learn to do basic shooting, demolition, tactics, all that kind of stuff before you go out and do your job. Everybody else goes to infantry school, like they pick it up right away. But between there, no matter what job you have, after boot camp and between your training, there's 10 days to give you to go home after boot camp. So we were like, we got it figured out perfect right in that window. My son's going to be born this time. It'll work out perfect to go back to training. I'll eventually come home, right? Yeah. I missed my son being born by less than 24 hours. Oh, no. So we graduated on a Friday morning. We did the ceremony. I had my Eagle Globe and Anchor. Like everything was official, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I call her in the hospital. She's in the hospital because she had been in labor. And she's like, it's coming. It's happening today, tonight. Can you leave right now? And I feel like it's like a 14 or 16 hour drive to Ohio where we were at from uh, North Carolina. And so I told my senior drill instructor what I had going on. He's like, sure, you can leave. I'm like, oh, awesome. He's like, but when you come back, you're going to have to start boot camp all over again. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, what? <clears throat> He's like, yeah, you did the ceremony, but you're not. You haven't graduated administratively. You don't get processed out until Saturday morning. <sighs> right. So Saturday, sometime around noonish, midday, we got to leave and drive home and we went straight to the hospital to see my son, but yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's, there's for most of my friends when they've had their kids, they're like, yeah, I'm obviously I'm in the room, but I'm not going to be, you know, down there watching everything. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I wanted to, oh, okay. uh, but, uh, but that sucks, man. That I mean, because hey, yeah, you could have gone, sure. But all that work you did, you're like, you're you're not gonna want to do all that again. And and like you understand like this is the process or whatever. And maybe you try to talk to yourself, like, all right, in the grand scheme of things, missing the birth isn't isn't, you know, that terrible because you you're trying to think of all these other life moments you're gonna have and this kind of stuff. And well, I've you know, seen but, videos, it's pretty gross. <laughs> 
I don't know if emotionally it would have had a big impact on me, but like physically, like see, it's it's pretty gross. It is pretty gross. Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, we could, as as men, uh, that's pretty much the extent of what we could say. It is a uh, a terrible thing to go through, but being be, being able to be in there, um, I I can picture it. I can picture being in there emotionally. Um. I don't know. Like, I think for me, emotionally being in there is more for my wife. Like, like obviously my son and my daughter don't know I'm in there. Right. Um, but I think it was more for her. Like, Hey, we are here together. You are doing all this work, but I am here. I'm here with you. And you know, that right. I'm your stuff. support. I'm yes. here for help. Right. I mean, cause that's all you can do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, get some ice <laughs> chips, you know, go, you know, go. So yeah, but that sucks, man. That does suck. Um, that that you know that was the, the way it happened you know right yeah so so you were how long were you in the marines then oh i did my four years okay all right yeah so i i always used to say i feel like it would have been easier had i gone active duty and like not really forced her she obviously would have had an option but you know made her follow me if she wanted us to continue to be a family because it was really hard one weekend a month to switch it back on because it it's such an intense and the type of people that join the marine corps they want to you know they the way they advertise it the marketing we're the best of the best like we're you know there's soft guys out there special operation forces like those guys are on a whole nother level but as far as conventional forces go you know people go in there because they're they're badass and they'll beat anybody's ass and they would you know all Mm -hmm. this kind of stuff so it was those type of people all the time which i am not like mm. even when I was in it and I, I just didn't project it. Like I thought I was a bad person and I would have took on anybody that wanted to come at me, but yeah. I didn't walk around projecting it and talking crap. Like I just didn't like the games and everything was a competition. Mm. Oh, I can chew this gum faster than you. <laughs> like just everything, man. It was so stupid. So wow. yeah, having to switch that on one weekend a month, two weeks a year was like, it was torture are you glad you went absolutely okay that's absolutely. i thought was the answer but i just yeah. i wanted to hear it yeah yeah 100 percent. and i still carry certain discipline things with me uh certain things i wish i was more disciplined in but no it definitely one saved my life two helped me be a better father for my child and three put me on a path that didn't lead to more poverty and more pain and destruction mm-hmm. yeah. well that's good because it does obviously it sounded uh, there are obviously bad things or negative things that you that you you know uh, mentioned and going through that. But overall, uh, I'm glad that's how you felt. I'm glad you know all those things happened and um, that it ended up well for you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There was uh, I was working third shift at some point, so I worked in a factory, and we would do our drill weekends. So we'd have to be down there in formation by 7 p.m. on a Friday night. Mm -hmm. And we did our thing all weekend, wherever it was, whatever we were doing. A lot of times we would drive up to Camp Grayling in the upper, I believe it's the actual state of Michigan, not the UP, but towards the top of the state. We would do a lot of training up there. But sleeping on the ground with your head in the mud and all that (laughs) kind of stuff. And then Sunday afternoon, they'd let you go around, I think muster ended at 5 or 6 p.m., Driving to Detroit to Van Wert, which is like three hours if you drive a normal speed. Um, and work starts at 11. 
So get up at five o'clock in the morning, do all those war games and all that stuff all day. And then yeah. I work that night on no sleep. Like, luckily I had a really nice supervisor. He was like, he, he sent me home a couple of times, like falling asleep, standing up on my feet. <laughs> wow. Like, hey man, you got to get out of here. This is a <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we're almost wrapped up here, but I do want to um, ask you: uh, Are you still uh, doing glass blowing? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that—that's one thing. Uh, it's such a cool, a cool thing, like a cool way, a uh, uh, cool art. And I remember when Heather first talked about it when you guys when you started doing it. And like, she, I think she'd bring in things every once in a while, like little, little things you'd make or whatever. And I, I remember specifically these little, like a wizards or something, I think. Yep. Uh, I remember seeing those, but, but, uh, how's that been? How's that going? Uh, it's good. Um, the wizards are still like my main seller. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, it used to take me over an hour to make them. Now I've got them down to like, depending on the color, some color melts faster and easier than others, but okay. anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes. But yeah, I got a smoke shop down in Cincinnati that is like a steady customer. They like to always keep them in stock. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. That's because I wasn't sure what you were going to say at the beginning. I thought that might have been the nerd out thing. But but it is that is a cool thing. And it's cool to make money from it, too. You know, regardless of how it falls, like maybe it's not enough money to cover everything, but you're still like making money at something you really like to do, you know? Yeah, it's meditation for me. So yeah. like to melt the glass you gotta focus solely on the glass if you're not thinking about what the glass is doing how the heat is affecting it what's going to happen and if like it takes all of your concentration to do it well i mean you go out there and just be like and fling glass around but to make a specific shape to do something very specific it, it takes a lot of concentration so yeah. it's easy for me to get into a flow state when i'm doing that do you have do you do that at your house yeah yeah nice. so i got to set up in the garage i got a, a kiln for the annealing and i got an oxygen propane torch yeah. to melt the glass yeah and heather just lets you do all that huh yeah <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. no. <laughs> i was I, I found it funny when when i first started working at ut uh with her and when she told me that her ex used to call her the warden i <laughs> lost my mind like first of all you're like five two you're so tiny yeah. and he calls you the warden i love that part I, that was so funny to me <laughs> uh well, also yeah, what makes it even funnier is not just her stature but her personality yeah like, the way she conducts herself like really she has, she has no warden personality for sure <laughs> no like she's afraid to tell a butterfly to go away like <laughs> I, I will tell you uh because heather and i worked tuesday through saturday together so saturdays are just me and her and um we did spend we would spend our lunches and we would talk about stuff that was going on and you know she would talk about her ex before she met you she would talk about her ex and stuff going on with him and um but there was a shift like once she started dating you there was a shift and not necessarily like the the what we would talk or like what we would talk about but it was like how she talked about it then um so there was a big shift in her her happiness level like like she she's oh, yeah. she's she is a i think she's naturally just a happy person like you said her she has a really good personality but once she started dating you like there was a shift uh and i could tell like like 
And then we would make fun of her because we were like, you're going to get married again. Like we, <laughs> would, we would all make fun of her. She's like, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Um, She's going to die on that hill. She's still standing <laughs> strong on that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- there was one time in this. Uh, I, I always bring it up when I see her. I think there was there was a time where you guys uh, like either broke up or were possibly breaking up or there was something going on. And like she was talking about it to me and uh, she kind of get emotional about it. And, and I was listening to her and then she like flipped her phone <laughs> and a song came on and the song goes, I tear my heart open. And I, <laughs> it was like the perfect song for what was she was when she was talking. And I started, we both started just cracking up about it. And I, I was, I don't know how that happened. And, and she started laughing, but I was like, I just, I was like, Heather, you, you'll be fine. You, you guys will be fine. You're just going through whatever. And, and obviously it wasn't, I mean, this was, shit this is forever ago i mean i haven't worked there in three years hilarious yeah because we still talk about that do you really and what it was (laughs) i had broke my obama phone and lost all my numbers okay my phone was broken it was gone i got a new phone but i don't have anybody's numbers yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) so like we've only ever had like two or three real arguments like times we really got mad at each other which is is strange yeah like i've never had a relationship like that before and from the way i hear people talk most people don't yeah but it's amazing but yeah so that like through the lens of me not knowing what had happened like on your guys' side of the things yeah. like oh he's ghosting me like he's mad at me he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to me anymore like why isn't he texting me back why isn't he answering my calls like yeah but <clears throat> so I think it was on a Friday when, you know, her daughter went to her dad's. She had that free, that free weekend. Mm-hmm. So somebody knocked at my door and I'm like, what? I feel like, I don't know. I'd have to ask her, but I feel like she had called me that same day I had gotten my phone. Mm. Yeah, that's what it was. That's what it was. Cause it wasn't a complete surprise that she was at my door, but the surprise was we were on the phone. Oh, what are you doing? How are you doing? Oh, I'm on my way over. Like what? <laughs> Crazy stalker! What are you doing? <laughs> so, so that's what we still joke about: is that she was stalking me and just going to show up when she thought I was ghosted her. You know, if it was if she worked with other women, like that, it probably would have been totally different. But us guys are just like listening to her talk. And that's all we're doing is just listening. And we're not like, oh, he's, you know, not to stereotype Putting thoughts girls. in her head. Yeah, right. not, I don't want to yeah. stereotype girls, but I think that's, you know, he's probably doing this or doing that or whatever. And uh, we were just eating our pizza and listening to her, you know, <laughs> talk. And, 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 you know, a lot of times that's that's what, you know, what she needs. Or sometimes my wife just needs me to to hear her and not necessarily offer solutions, you know. And so right. whatever happened, they solve the problem. Yeah, just, 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 just listen to me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, I kind of go through that with Heather too like a lot of times I say stuff I'm like babe the the, the question was rhetorical and or I, I'm not saying this to you because I'm I want you to provide me a solution like yeah yeah the, there I, I saw this TikTok where this guy's like um he tells like when his wife or girlfriend starts talking he's like all right do you are you looking for solutions are you looking for just are you looking for me to, to just to hear you and that way, like going into it, start the know. conversation like that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a that's a good way. But uh, I know Jordan Peterson um, talked about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his work, but yeah, I am. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I believe if if not that, it was something very similar to that in his 12 rules for life. Oh, I listened to that book. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I, I, uh, I won't keep it longer than an hour, but I, I appreciate you coming on here. Um, I feel like, uh, there's, I wanted to get to your glass blowing and, and, uh, I'll definitely put a link to your Instagram in the show notes so people can check oh, it out. Awesome. Thank um, you. but I wanted to get to that because I know that that's something you really like to do and, and you're obviously trying to like sell things and that kind of stuff. Um, but I, there was, there was a big, a big gap from, uh, you having your son to where you're at now. So, uh, at some point you can come back on and, and we, you know, we can talk more, uh, but I appreciate being really open about that kind of stuff too. Cause, um, like I said, living, living through that, just seeing it happen, uh, seeing people go through drug and alcohol addiction, that kind of stuff. I, I like listening to those stories and, you know, obviously you're at, you know, whatever happens, happens. And you're at, you're at where you're at now, you know, you seem like you're in a really good space and you're always fighting those things like we talked about, you know, but, uh, uh, everything seems really good and, and I'm glad for you that, that everything's going well. And, you know, Heather's always been, a. uh, a uh, really good friend. I always enjoy talking to her. So I'm glad that uh, you guys are together because like I said, I noticed the shift there and then she seems really happy and you know, so do you. So um, good job. Yeah. We had to, <laughs> we had to work on it. It, it was kind of selfish for me really that I knew I wouldn't be able to be in a relationship with someone as timid as her. Mm. The, the one, the girl before her was kind of the same way and it, it backfired on me because I'm such a dummy and like bulldoze through stuff. I, I don't get your little hints. I don't, I don't get oh. what you're subtly wanting me to understand. Yeah. So like, if, if this is going to work, you're going to have to be able to stand on your feet and tell like flat out, tell me things like, and I want you to be comfortable to tell me stuff. Like yeah. I don't want you to fear of what I'm going to think or how I'm going to react. Like, cause one, I love you. And this is always going to come from a place of positivity. So mm -hmm. even if, I do get upset by what you say. I'm not going to try to hold it against you. Like, yeah. that's on me. You know, if those are my feelings, I need to deal with them, not punish you because you felt a certain way. Like, you have every right to feel that way and think mm -hmm. what you're thinking. So, yeah. Yeah. We'll go. Well, if, if two people are willing to work hard, then, then you know, that's that's a relationship that's supposed to that's supposed to be happening. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. One of the two fights that we had was 100% my fault. <laughs> Now it's on record, and now she can bring it up whenever she can pull yep. this clip up. And say. I'll put it in writing too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seth. Well, uh, well, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I look forward to coming back on. Thanks again to my guest Seth Robinson for coming on the podcast. Uh, I appreciate him opening up and talking about his his uh, early life and his addiction and, and huffing gas and getting into drugs and selling and you know all that stuff getting his girlfriend pregnant and joining the marines like all it was there were such good stories um and you know i'm glad everything worked out for him now he's a great guy like i said in the episode you know he started dating my friend when i worked at ut and uh they're still together and, and she was um she like i said we talked a lot and it was cool to see that shift that change in her and and just her being happy, you know, that she found someone that she she really loved. So uh, thanks again, Seth. Uh, as always, please like, share, subscribe to wherever you're listening or watching this. Trying to get those numbers up. Uh, reach out to anyone or reach out to me for any other guests, suggestions that you may have. Always looking for people to talk to. Again, these podcasts will probably continue to be in my basement just because of time. 
when I do in-person uh, interviews, it takes you know a couple hours to edit. And with football coming up and two a days and work, it's just not something I can do right now. So once the season kicks off, maybe that's something I can go back to. But as of now, they'll probably just be Zoom interviews in my basement. But uh, I mean, it doesn't change the audio quality as much, you know, as just watching uh, on Zoom. But you know, it, it, they're still great. There's still a lot of information. There's still things I'm learning, and, and I, I love all the guests that come on here. So uh, please reach out to, to any anybody who you think might want to come on. Um, the email is thenerdballpodcast at gmail.com. Check me out on Instagram, the Nerdball Podcast, Twitter, the Nerdball Pod, of course, Facebook, all those spots to find. Um, as always, thanks to Cuttlefish Graphics, Perrysburg Junior High STEM Lab, Real JP Multimedia, and Big Daddy Graphics for always helping out the podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.